0: Thanksgiving and three planets and a meteor shower with the possibility of a meteor storm and a total lunar eclipse. Well, that means November is going to be just great. Welcome to Observing with where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool and what you should check out later this month at night. So, yeah, like I said, uh, we have a total lunar eclipse on Tuesday morning. We've got some... uh, meteor shower so two big events for a month and uh, of course three good planets to take a look at just with your naked eye or with a telescope so I'm going to get into the planets first and then we'll get into the events uh, by by the day and then we'll get into the constellations real quick at the end so why don't we get started. (laughs) So for the naked eye planets, we start off at sunset, we can still see Saturn and Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is the super duper bright one in the southeast after sunset. So just find the brightest point of light in that general southeastern direction and you've got Jupiter. Now, Saturn is about um, 30 degrees above the horizon in the south, and it's going to be about 40 degrees to the right of Jupiter. Uh, It's going to be fairly dim, uh, but it is brighter than all the stars around it. So Saturn is sort of mid-range, easy to find. Uh, But if you know where Jupiter is, you can find Saturn. So then throughout the night, uh, what's going to happen is Saturn and Jupiter They start off in the southeast, and then they are going to move uh, to the right. They march toward the west throughout the night, and Saturn's going to set around 11 p.m. So we're starting to get into the last bit of Saturn observation, and Jupiter's going to set around 2 a.m., three hours after that. So Saturn and Jupiter throughout the night, great time. What joins in is Mars. Mars rises at about 8.30 p.m. at the beginning of the month and then just after sunset, by the end of November. And to find Mars, just look east early in the evening for a dull reddish dot in the sky. It'll be above Orion and between the tips of Taurus's horns. And then Mars throughout the night is going to move westward as well. And by morning, Mars will have moved to the south or southwest. Uh, still between Taurus's horns and above Orion, but it'll be about two thirds of the way up the sky. So again, we've got Mars in the morning and throughout the night, and then we've got Jupiter and Saturn around sunset and throughout the night. So make sure you get out there and take a look at those. Let's move on to the events. All right, starting with the moon, you start off the first week. Uh, or actually, the first day of November, you've got a first quarter moon. And then the first week is evening gibbous moons. On the 8th, you've got the full moon where it's completely full, rises uh, at sunset and is visible all night. Then the second week of November, you've got the waning gibbous moons, which means they are mostly lit and they rise a little bit later at night. Until the last quarter, the last quarter moon is on the 16th. That's when the left half is lit up and it rises around midnight and you can see it into the morning. Then we've got a week of morning crescents where you just look east in the morning and you can find the moon. And then the new moon will be on the 23rd. That's when you have the darkest skies. Uh, After the 23rd then you've got the evening crescents. Uh, You have to look west after sunset to find those. And um, then on the 30th, we've got the second first quarter moon for the month, and that's visible until midnight. So if you're looking for the darkest, darkest skies, you're looking at the uh, about the third, fourth week of November. All right. Now, as far as the dates go, don't forget, we're going to get into the total lunar eclipse and then we're going to get into the meteor shower. But I'm going to go by date order here. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's do it by the by the type of thing. Okay. So as far as close encounters go, uh, we've got the Moon and Jupiter on the 4th, which means the waxing gibbous Moon will be just below Jupiter by about 3 degrees. And that's going to be visible essentially all night. The next close encounter will be on the 10th. That's when the moon will be close to Mars. The moon will be six degrees above and to the right of Mars. You can see that in the Northeast around 8.30 PM, and it will be high in the West around sunrise. And so then the moon, rounds the gap, uh, and then on the 28th to 29th, the moon and Saturn will be close to each other, uh, where the crescent moon will be just 7 degrees below Saturn on the 28th, and then the moon will be 10 degrees to the left of Saturn on the 29th, visible after sunset in the south-southwest and before 11 p.m. So, moon and Saturn on 28th and 29th, Back on the 10th, it's the moon and Mars, and on the 4th, it's the moon and Jupiter. Now, on the 6th of November, that's when Daylight Savings Time ends, so the mornings will be brighter and the evenings will be darker sooner. Uh, then, oh, let's go to the total lunar eclipse. That's going to be on the morning of the 8th. Now, the interesting thing about this one is that only the west coast of the United States will be able to see, like, all of it, um, at least in terms of North America, Um, but the rest of the U.S. will see only portions. In fact, I'm pretty much on the East Coast. Now I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm not on the Coast Coast, but I'm close. Uh, So here's the game plan for if you're in Pennsylvania area. Okay, the partial eclipse will begin at 4.09 Eastern Standard Time. So you're looking west, you'll find the full moon, and what you'll see is the Earth's shadow will appear to nibble on the moon from the top down, but a little bit off-center to the left. So this phase will last about an hour, and the moon will drop about 10 degrees closer to the horizon. So the shadow's eating it up, and it's getting a little bit lower in the sky. And you might here that the penumbral portion of the eclipse starts before this and and that is true but the penumbral eclipse is not really visible to our naked eye so i wouldn't even worry about it all right so that starts at 409 right so from 409 to 516 you're getting more and more of the moon disappearing and then at 516 totality begins that means the umbra of the earth's shadow is now completely engulfing the moon and the only light that is hitting that moon that is lighting up our orbital partner's surface the only light that's doing that is the light from all the sunrises and sunsets on earth at the same time and that's because the light passes through the Earth's atmosphere. If the Earth didn't have an atmosphere, there would be no cool red, dark, red, yellow, orange color to an eclipse. It would just be a shadow, and that's it. But we have a little bit of atmosphere that lets some of the light through, uh, but only the red, yellow, orange parts of the spectrum. All the rest of it gets scattered in the nitrogen-oxygen atmosphere. Uh, And that atmosphere also bends it a little bit, so it sort of bends, some of it bends toward the unlit surface of the moon. Some of it does bend toward the lit surface, but it's not much. So anyway, so you get that deep, dark, orange, reddish, brownish color. And this phase will last about an hour and a half. Um, And now for those of us near the East Coast, you're looking at uh, about, uh, it's going to be around sunrise or around the beginning of dawn when this ends. So, at 6:42 is when totality ends and then the partiality begins again. So at 6:42 the shadow now starts leaving the moon starting to expose its surface from the top down. And so for about an hour that happens, that's also when dawn is happening, so the sky behind it's going to get bluer and brighter while the moon itself gets brighter and bigger not technically bigger but the surface you can see gets bigger okay all right so other things you should notice while you do this um you know get out there it's definitely worth taking a look at but one of the things you you might notice uh between four and totality, 4 a.m. and totality, is you'll start seeing that as the moon gets darker, you can see more and more stars. Uh, Just pick out Orion or Taurus. Actually, Taurus is a good one because Taurus is just up and to the left of the moon. And count how many stars you can see just in that little V area. You should see more as the eclipse gets darker also don't forget the Pleiades are above the moon and Orion is off to the left of Taurus so you have plenty to look at um even you know for that whole hour that it's happening all right um so yeah I'd say just get out there get a good picture get a good um you know if you're going to take a picture with your cell phone you're going to need a tripod uh with a little adapter for you uh that's going to be worth it but um yeah just get out there and, and enjoy it All right, so then we get to the second big event, which is the Leonid meteor shower, which I have going from the 17th to the 18th, kind of into the 19th, uh, the morning at least. Now this annual meteor shower is typically pretty weak. It's only about 10 or 15 per hour, uh, but it can have some really good years because there's some seemingly random uh, trails of dust from other comets that we can actually move through as a planet in its orbit could this be one of those years well maybe um there are some predictions that um after midnight on the 18th so on the morning of the 19th we could get up to 250 to 300 meters per hour now am i banking on it no okay i wouldn't bet on it but am i going to go out anyway and check it out well absolutely i wouldn't want to miss that now Some advice for actually going out and watching a meteor shower. Um, You've probably heard this before, but I would say just set 20 to 30 minutes aside where you are going to just look at the sky. The reason is, is that um, if you, uh, I learned from experience going in and out and being like, oh, hey, maybe I'll see one. Maybe I won't, You you know, how's it going? It doesn't work. What you gotta do is just sit down for 20, 30 minutes and just look at the sky. Appreciate the silence, if you have silence around you. Get in a hammock, get on a nice chair, and just look up and enjoy it. And that's when you will see the meteors. I mean, you can see the meteors otherwise, but the other reason you see the meteors this way is because it allows your eyes to get dark adapted. Your pupils get bigger. You can see more of them. You can see the fainter ones, right? Plus, you don't mess that up by going inside, and you don't um, just miss them. Uh, So what you want to do is you want to look toward Leo the Lion and look kind of around Leo the Lion. Look around Leo's head. That's where the radiant is. That's where the meteors will appear to be coming from. And so get out whenever you can. Um, I would say probably the morning of the 19th would be... Probably the most likely to get a big amount of meteors, but any time is a good time. Check the weather to see if it's gonna be clear before you go out and bundle up way more than you think. Okay, you're not gonna be hot. You just if I'm planning on bundling up with sweatshirts and jeans and, you know, long johns and being in a sleeping bag in my hammock to watch this. All right, Um, so again, 17th, 18th into the 19th, morning of the 19th is probably best, but uh, just get out there anytime you can. And the last thing we have to talk about is Thanksgiving, Uh, a wonderful night uh, of stuff to see, so if you're going somewhere, be ready to go outside afterwards and check out a bunch of things, Uh, or if you have a telescope, now's a great time to show the whole family how awesome this stuff is. So. After you feast, it's gonna be dark out, right? So get out and first thing you wanna do is find the moon and three planets, right? So um, you're gonna have the two day old moon, that's gonna be visible just after sunset, okay? But not for too long, maybe an hour in the Southwest. So you gotta get a good clear view of the horizon. So check out that really cool moon. Now, as dusk turns to night, Um, you want to start finding that brightest light Jupiter in the Southeast. You can do that even during dusk as well. Um, and take your telescope there. Uh, then you should be able to see next, the, uh, bright ish light of Saturn in the South, about 40 degrees away from Jupiter. And, um, yeah. And then Mars is going to be very low in the East Northeast, and that's going to rise as the night progresses. Uh. If your family wants to see more, you can then take your telescope or just your laser pointer or finger and point out Andromeda um, or point out the Pleiades. Uh, maybe even later at night, take a look at the Orion Nebula. It is Thanksgiving is just gonna be really great for the moon, planets, and other stuff, okay? So get out there and take a look. All right, let's move on lastly to some constellations. All right, real quick after dinner, if you look just about straight up, you should be able to find Pegasus and Andromeda. Pegasus is the great big old square up there, and Andromeda is the sort of two curves curving off the one corner of uh, Pegasus. And if the skies are decently dark, you might even catch that faint fuzz. That is the Andromeda galaxy. Don't forget SkyMaps.com has really good sky maps for this purpose. Uh, to help you see the shapes here also before bed uh, you can still see andromeda and also perseus triangulum and aries so here's what you do find pegasus off to the west a little bit and you'll find the cornucopia shaped andromeda again and uh, keep following that cornucopia shape to find perseus now perseus has a similar shape to andromeda except it's opening up toward the southern horizon and the Pleiades kind of the opposite direction and below Perseus and Andromeda will be triangulum which is just a small thin triangle with three bright stars okay I understand you can probably make a triangulum out of any three stars in the sky but just you know you should be able to see it set apart from the others and also is Aries the ram which is I don't know four stars that kind of look like a curved walking cane on its side Um, but anyway it's up there really neat to see and uh, take a look at a sky map to see what orientation they're in and lastly before work you should be able to look southwest and find the vertical bow tie in the sky which is orion the hunter just a welcome friend to look at and greet early in the morning when you're getting off to work All right, so don't forget that this podcast is found on my Podbean page, mrweb.podbean.com, also on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, There's a video version on my YouTube channel. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram as at MrWebPV. And the PV Planetarium is at PV Planetarium on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe a TikTok coming soon that will be student made. We shall see about that. But anyway, I would like to wish you very clear, dark skies for a lunar eclipse and a meteor shower this November.